0: Hello, and welcome to The Film Degree, the podcast where I get to finally put my film degree to use. My name is Patrick, and like I promised in the last episode, we are going to be talking about all things slasher films. So I actually already recorded this episode prior, like the other day, but I I, I wasn't feeling it, you know, I that I am still doing... Like, I'm still new to doing podcasts, and it, it just did its flow, right? And this has also been... This is going to be, I should say, this is going to be a very big week for slashers. Today, as I'm recording this, we had the Scream 5 trailer come out. Also, the Chucky series premiered. I just finished watching it. And Halloween Kills comes out Thursday night. And Friday, the I Know What You Did Last Summer rebooted series on Amazon Prime is released. So I kind of just wanted to do this episode again, um, have a nicer flow, talk about this week, which I kind of just want to get right into that. So the Scream trailer dropped at like 9am this morning, and I have been waiting so long for it. I thought it was going to be um, released at the Scream 25th anniversary screening that I went to on Sunday but it did not unfortunately but it did come out today and I'm so excited I am so excited for Scream 5 or it's just called Scream um it went the Halloween route and it is just being called Scream and I am so excited I honestly almost started crying when I saw Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, and David Arquette again. I am so, I've already said it. I'm so excited. I've honestly never been more excited than I am right now for Scream to come out in January. I believe January 14th. It just looks so good. I am a huge fan of the Scream series. It is my favorite slasher series of all time. It's probably my favorite film series of all time. The Scream 1996 is hands down one of the greatest films ever made. Um, I just saw it, like I said, on the big screen for the 25th anniversary and it was incredible. I, again, I, I did tear up when I um, left the theater because it was just oh, it was such an experience. I was so happy I saw it. It was the first time I was in the theater since um, COVID happened. So yeah, uh, theaters, like going to the movies feels like um, not to be like one of those annoying people's like, I meditate. Blah, blah, blah. But like theaters, is like my version of meditation or something. It is like my happy place. And I have not been in so long and just being back and it being scream just felt so right. And I'm so happy. And if you are able to go see the Anniversary of Scream in theaters, I highly recommend it. It looks so good. It sounds good. It's it's the best. Um, and then I also just watched the Chucky first episode of that series that just premiered. And it was fun. I think it's going to be a fun show. It was a little um, different than I thought it was going to be, but it is, it's fun. It has the potential to be really good. It's kind of like the beginning of every single Child's Player Chucky movie where the people aren't sure that Chucky is Chucky or whatever. Um, So it was a little bit slow, but it was also pretty funny. Um, Chucky, (laughs) you know, Chucky has always been a character or series that is like very queer centric and this one is no exception Chucky literally kills for gay rights and I'm not even exaggerating but you know it's not surprising he does have a (laughs) I guess a non-binary child who doesn't want to be a murderer um (laughs) I can't even believe that is a real sentence but yeah, it was really fun. I am looking forward to next week. I'll definitely be watching it probably live. I don't typically watch TV live um, as it airs. I do for American Horror Story. That's about it. And sometimes A Real Housewife or two, I'll definitely watch live. But yeah, I think I'll tune in next week at 10 for Chucky. It's on Sci Fi and the USA Network, I believe. Um, it did like a double premiere or something I don't know I guess it's on both channels and then Thursday night I have the I'm seeing Halloween Kills at 7 p.m. I'm so excited it's the first showing that I could get um I'm actually dragging my mom to go see it (laughs) I have been really excited for Halloween Kills I was so looking forward to it and then COVID happened and it was delayed a few times and this week is the week we finally get to see it I I cannot wait I'm so excited to see um Kyle Richards return to the series I am a huge Real Housewives fan and so is my mother well she's only a fan of the Beverly Hills one which is the one that Kyle Richards is on but I am I'm rooting for Kyle to do a good job I think she's going to and I'm um, really excited. If you don't know who Kyle Richards is, she is uh, she played the one of the children that Jamie Lee Curtis's character was babysitting in the original. And then she <laughs> then she became a real housewife of Beverly Hills and is famous for that. She's super rich. Her husband made a ton of money because he is like a big um, realtor or something. He owns an agent, a realtor agency, and she's also Paris Hilton's aunt which is interesting. But yeah, I'm very excited for Halloween Kills. And then I Know What You Did Last Summer comes out Friday, I think. I don't know how many episodes. I really don't know much about the show at all. I started the trailer and then I just didn't want to watch anymore. I didn't want to be spoiled. I don't even know if it's a slasher at all. I know absolutely nothing other than the poster that they keep pushing on like Twitter and stuff that just... (laughs) Um, it looks a little questionable. It has like the characters faces and they are covered in honey, I think. And I don't know why, because the original movies had nothing to do with honey or bees. And it also looks, um, it looks like cum on their face. So... <laughs> I saw that and I did not know what to think. It, I really, I have no idea of what to expect with the um, new show, but I'm down for it. I think slashers are having a little bit of a resurgence, so I am all here for it because it is my favorite genre of horror or subgenre. I, if you don't know what slasher movies are, they are like the quintessential horror films with horny teenagers being sliced and diced by some psychopathic killer um think well the ones i just listed scream halloween child's play slash chucky and i know what you did last summer all those all those good things for today's episode um well i just want to say this i really wanted to get this episode out last week but my life kind of went to shit and then my i i so much homework. It was so ridiculous. I really, I recorded this thinking I'd get it out um, tomorrow when I record, which is Wednesday. Hopefully I still can do that with editing, but I really wanted to get it out before Halloween Kills comes out so we can just, I don't know, the timing just feels right. And I, yeah. So hopefully I do these episodes weekly, um, but it might be semi-weekly because School is just out of control. Work can be very stressful. It has been kind of hectic for me. And yeah, my personal life is not the greatest right now. But hey, I have been watching some slasher movies to relax this Halloween. I usually watch a lot of horror movies in October. It's typically the only type of movie I will watch. And that is all I've watched so far. I watched quite a bit of movies in preparation for um, this episode, so I kind of just want to get into it, and really, what I want to talk about is mainly just the timeline of slasher films and their trends on what they had, and each it has very defined eras that I don't know if a lot of other film subgenres or genres have, like horror does, especially slasher movies, and I don't really know where horror came from really or it's specifically slashers but I was doing a like a very little bit of research um about slashers and really by research I mean I went on Wikipedia now I love Wikipedia and I am a big I am a big supporter of giving them money every time they beg for a dollar even though I've never given them a dollar but like everyone should give them a dollar because it is the greatest website of all time and once it once it is overrun by ads it is over for me okay um i think wikipedia is a great source of information and every professor who says it's not which is basically every single one can go fuck themselves because wikipedia okay this is a little bit of a tangent that has nothing to do with slasher movies but i do, it drives me crazy that professors are like you can't use wikipedia as a source it's not reliable Okay, well, I'm citing it. So if it's incorrect, that is not my fault. That is Wikipedia's fault. Like if I cited a book and it's wrong, what's the difference? Also, Wikipedia has cited work in there. So you can just find whatever source it came from. Jesus, Wikipedia is (laughs) great. But what Wikipedia said, which kind of was interesting to me about, this is about the origins of the slasher genre. It just brought up a point that we have had an appeal of watching people inflict violence upon each other. And that is dated back like thousands of years or whatever to like ancient Rome in the Colosseum. And I've never even thought about that. But I think that's I mean, I don't really I don't really know what the Colosseum is. The only thing I know about the Colosseum is that it was in like Rome or whatever it might not even be in Rome I don't even know but in like Scooby-Doo and the Cyber Chase, um, <laughs> which I think was an early 2000s straight to video Scooby-Doo movie it might have been late 90s it was like the four that kind of kick-started the um, Scooby-Doo straight to video universe that they created um, I think it was the fourth one don't quote me on that but I think it was the fourth one after Zombie Island which was the first which maybe I'll talk about sometime 'Cause it is such a good movie. But anyway, getting I'm getting sidetracked. But in, in Scooby Doo and the Cyber Chase, like the gang gets sucked into a video game and they're put in the Coliseum. <laughs> and I again I don't really know what it is. I know they killed people. They had like lions eating people and shit. I don't know. But that was so interesting that I never thought of Like, why why do we like watching people getting butchered? And then it's like, well, they've always been doing that, but like for realsies and killing people in front of everyone. (laughs) But another thing that it brought up was this theater in the late 19th century that was in Paris, I believe. And I don't know how to pronounce it. It is French. And I did take like three years of French in high school and I still have no idea how to pronounce it. But I'm going to try. If I butcher it, sue me. But it's the Grand... Guignol, I would say. And I think it translates to the Theater of the Great Puppet or that's just what they called it. I don't know, but that's what they called it. And it was open from 1897 to 1962 and it specialized in naturalistic horror shows, which I'm so into that. Um, I found some of the plays that they were doing, just so you have an idea of the types of entertainment people were watching in 1897. And I'm not even going to try to attempt to say the actual names because I will butcher them. But I have the synopses, I guess that's the plural of synopsis, the synopses of some of them. And one of them is when a doctor finds his wife's lover in his operation room, he performs a graphic brain surgery, rendering the adulterer a hallucinating semi-zombie. Now insane, the lover slash patient hammers a chisel into the doctor's brain. Okay, I'm obsessed. Let's keep going. (laughs) Um, Another one says, and this isn't my words, I totally copied this. Two hags in an insane asylum use scissors to blind a pretty young fellow inmate out of jealousy. Another one is about a nanny who strangles the children in her care. And then the last one I have is a young woman visits a man whose face she horribly disfigured with acid and he obtains his revenge. So I've never heard of this theater. But this sounds like incredible and I'm obsessed with it and I need to do more research on it. Like this is really all the research I did. But what I truly need is a Birdman style movie about this theater like I this is insane I didn't even know they would have this kind of stuff back then when did Frankenstein get written I don't know it's boring as shit and I hate that book but I was kind of thinking it would be more like that maybe this was like that I don't know was Frankenstein graphic I don't remember the language was so hard that I don't even know what I was saying so maybe it was like that I don't know and then um I found another thing um, from Maurice Turner. It's probably pronounced Turner and I am just stupid. But I don't know. I think it's also French. And there was a movie that he made in 1912. Again, don't quote me on that. I don't actually know if this is true. I wrote these notes like two weeks ago when I started <laughs> when I started my research and then my life just kind of went on the toilet. So I don't really remember the exact details, but There was this movie, I think it was a movie called The Lunatics in 1912, and it used visceral violence to attract the customers or the patrons of the theater I was just telling you about. Um, And in the United States, that was like a big no-no. And there was, of course, a big outcry over films like this, and it eventually led to the Hays Code. Um, If you don't know what the Hays Code is, that is like the entertainment industry's earliest set of guidelines, restricting sexuality and violence that was deemed unacceptable, which at the time was all of the above, especially if it had to do with um, gay people. (laughs) Uh, That's why you get a lot of subtext uh, or gay subtext in old Hollywood films. Um, I'm not exactly sure how much of the haze code, if that was just an American thing or if that was a worldwide thing. I don't think it was. I've seen a ton of—I don't want to say a ton, but I've seen a handful, at least a strong handful, of international cinema throughout my life, and especially old stuff. And it—I don't know—was always edgier than American stuff. I guess I would say edgier. Maybe that's not the right word, but whatever. But The genre of the slasher, the slasher genre, would continue to be influenced by the likes of Agatha Christie novels, such as The Ten Little Indians, and a string of like pre-60s thrillers, such as 1953's House of Wax and 1956's The Bad Seed. I did not actually see The Bad, or I'm sorry, I did not actually see House of Wax, but I did see The Bad Seed. I watched that in high school for a psychology class I had, and I really do need to rewatch it. I don't know how much of a Uh, quote-unquote slasher it is but it was I remember being really interested by it and I don't know it has a cool kind of conversation to go along with it it's like the um nature versus nurture argument or whatever murderous child all good fun um but often the very first slashers are considered Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho and Michael Powell's Peeping Tom which were both released in 1960 and I think they're kind of the closest we're going to get to the modern slasher. I would agree that they're about the first slasher movies, even if they don't follow the exact formula we are used to or know from the modern slashers. Um, I've never actually seen Peeping Tom. I was meaning to before I recorded, but I just didn't get to it. And I did recently just watch Psycho the other night and I bought the 4K Blu-ray of it and it is so, ugh, it looks so good. It's so beautiful. And the movie, I totally forgot how amazing Psycho was. I've seen it a few, like twice before, um, quite a long time ago now, but I actually find Psycho to be really scary, or at least there's like one shot that scares me so much and I Haven't stopped thinking about it since I saw it, and it is, spoiler alert, if you haven't, if you haven't, if you don't know what happens in Psycho, that's not my fault. Came out in 1960, when Lila Crane finds Norma Bates's body, like dead corpse, and then she turns around, and Norman is dressed as Norma in the doorway, and his mouth is wide open, and he, it's so, it is so creepy. It's like bone chillingly creepy. Anthony Perkins is he's a creep it is so oh I loved it and the movie is just incredible highly recommend I think everyone should watch Psycho it's it's amazing and maybe it's the first slasher movie maybe it's not I don't know I think in Scream 4 which I should know this because I've seen the Scream movies a hundred times each but I think Ghostface Quizzes Kirby don't quote me on that I don't know he like quizzes someone on saying what's the first slasher movie or something. And I think the answer is peeping Tom, but that's up for debate. So maybe that was the first slasher movie, but the modern slashers were influenced heavily by, in well, my opinion, which in my head, my opinion is factual. So <laughs> I think they were very influenced by splatter films and exploitation films and, um giallo films um 70s horror is very it has a very distinctive um feeling and aesthetic to it it you know it's probably just because in product of its time and of the cameras that they had at the time but there's that like classic 70s grain to it that just looks so good and it kind of has like that realistic feeling to it even if sometimes the plot lines aren't realistic like when we'll talk about Halloween in 1978, Halloween has like those, has those feeling has kind of like some elements that are more, are linked to like the golden age of slashers that is in the early 80s with like a dead body swinging from the ceiling and the, the killer being shot a few times and getting up and being stabbed and getting up and that supernaturally campier style of slashers but the 70s was very kind of grittier i guess i don't know like a little bit of more of a slow burned grittier realistic take on the slashers which i really appreciated and a lot of the different i think a lot of like 70s horror had that feeling even non-slasher or non-killer movies like even movies like amityville horror or something i mean i haven't seen that one in so long i need to rewatch that but they have that same feeling and if you don't know what a splatter film is it's um according to film critic michael arnzen he said that self-consciously that these films self-consciously revel in the special effects of gore as an art form the spectacle of violence replaces any pretensions of to narrative structure because gore is the only part of the film that is reliably consistent and splatter films were like really popular in the drive-ins and unlike typical horror films that focus on the unknown, splatter films draw fear from the physical destruction of the body and the pain accompanying it. And splatter films were typically feature the realistic mutilation of, human, of the human body. Uh, it's probably like a precursor to the torture porn subgenre that was popularized more in like the 2000s. Think... Saw and Hostel like that kind of era of horror which I love Saw. Hostel not so much. <laughs> I have like a bone to pick with Hostel. I watched I took a horror c- course in my um my film degree for my film degree which this is Nate this podcast is named after and it was the first time I saw Hostel and <laughs> this again, this is such a sidetrack, but it just bothered me beyond belief. So the the basic plot line of that movie is that rich people or whatever, like basically buy people from these people are kidnapped from hostels. And these people basically buy them to mutilate them or whatever, for fun, or something like that. And the main guy finds this girl that he met at the hostel and her eyeball is hanging out of her, the socket, but is still connected to her. And when he tries to rescue her, she's panicking about her eyeball. And this motherfucker cuts her eyeball off like this, whatever, whatever it's called, the nerves or whatever, the string, the veins, or whatever. I don't know the tendons that are holding her eyeball to her brain or whatever. I don't know. I'm not a I know nothing about anatomy of the human body, but like whatever those are, he cuts it off and it shoots like pus out or something. And then she freaks out, rightfully so. Like why the, why would he do that? They could have reattached her eye or put it back in or something. I just hit. (laughs) Also, why would you just cut it out? I don't get it. But yeah, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) they're kind of like that but like the older versions of that i guess i am not that well versed in the splatter genre um i don't even know if i've ever seen one i've seen some exploitation films which are i don't know kind of the same types of thing and popular films in this subgenre, if you are interested are 1963's blood feast 1967's the gruesome twosome and 1971's the wizard of gore Haven't seen any of those so I can't say if they're good or not or if I liked them but yeah if you're interested in that. And now another thing that I mentioned was giallo films and I don't know how to describe these batshit crazy movies other than something I took directly from Wikipedia and that is giallo films are generally characterized as gruesome murder mystery thrillers that combine suspense elements of detective fiction with scenes of shocking horror featuring excessive bloodletting, stylish camera work, and often jarring musical arrangements. The archetype, archetypical uh, Giallo plot involves a mysterious black-gloved psychopathic killer who stalks and butchers a series of beautiful women. While most Giallo in- involve a human killer, some also feature supernatural element. But that doesn't even, like, scratch the surface at, like, the batch of craziness of Giallo. They're super stylized. They kind of like sometimes don't make sense but they do and the plot lines are just so over the top and everything's over the top. The kills are over the top. I don't know and I don't think I mentioned but they're like Italian and this is something I didn't know. I don't know if this is for all Italian films but like jello movies and I'm pretty sure like spaghetti westerns did this too. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. I hate westerns. Fuck Clint Eastwood. I'm not watching a fucking Western. Like. They'll hire actors who speak all different languages and each actor will recite their lines in whatever language they are. So when they like release the movie, wherever you are, if an American actor is in there and they release it in English, their lines are normal, but everyone else's is dubbed or not normal, but their lines aren't dubbed. It's just what they were saying and vice versa. If it's like in Italy and the Italian actors, they're speaking in Italian, but the American actors are speaking in English. It's so it's weird. And it also kind of adds to the, I don't know, the weirdness of the movie. Like sometimes people's mouths just don't line up, but sometimes they do. And yeah, I don't know how to describe it. Jiala movies are like its whole other topic that maybe I'll go into because I would really love to get more into that. But there's a lot of serial killers in there that are just picking people off one by one in really cool and interesting ways. And I don't know if they're really slasher movies, but they definitely are linked in a way. But if you're interested in looking into any of those, um, Mario Bava's 1964 um, film Blood and Black Lace, which I recently bought, I didn't get to it. I was going to watch it before this episode, but um, I just got too busy or I was just too emotionally drained. I just didn't get to it. Um, but if I if I watch it, I'll let you know on the podcast if I if I liked it. Anyway, another one is Sergio Martino's 1973 film Torso and Dario Argento's 1975 film Deep Red. And I think if you're going to get into um, any giallo, if you're interested in just seeing some batshit crazy movies, uh, Dario Argento's a pretty good place to start. He's got some weird stuff. Deep Red. I don't know how to pronounce it. tenabre or something. tenabre, Opera. He just has some, he has some weird stuff and I, I'm into it. But what I really want to talk about is slasher. So that's the precursor, the origins, the, um, what did I put on my notes? The proto slashers. Now this is the birth of the modern slasher films, which I think go from 1974 to about 1978. And the big ones, obviously I'm not going to mention every single one. There are countless slasher movies, especially within the early and late 80s. But the big ones of the '70s that I think really birthed it are well, two I would say are the first true modern slasher movies, and that is Texas Chainsaw Massacre and um and Black Christmas, which both came out. I'm pretty I think on the same day in 1974. Black Christmas is a Canadian film, and I believe it came out on October 11th in Canada, and I believe Texas Chainsaw Massacre came out on October 11th. But in America, Black Christmas came out around Christmas time but Texas Chainsaw Massacre is directed by Toby Hooper and Black Christmas is directed by Bob Clark and also 1978's Halloween directed by John Carpenter. I think those are like the three slashers that really made the genre what it is. And I also just wanted to mention, there, there, there are other ones, I think it's called Alice Sweet Alice from 1976 maybe and The Town That Dreaded Sundown in 1976. Now I did not know the formatting of this movie. I always put it, I never wanted to watch The Town That Dreaded Sundown simply because I kind of thought that it was going to be in poor taste. And spoiler alert, it is. It is, I cannot believe that movie was made. It came out in 1976 and it is based on a true story and not like how The Conjuring is based on a true story or not like how um, well, even The Conjuring. I thought The Conjuring the Devil Made Me Do It was in poor taste because it was a actual murder that happened. But um, so that one is in poor taste. But the first two, well, whatever. Also, like Psycho and Texas Chainsaw Massacre say that they're in, um, inspired by true events. Um, not really. They're, I feel like they were like, Everyone at that time was like, it's inspired by true events, Ed Gein, the serial killer, okay? But none of the storyline matches what he did. I think the closest thing was that, didn't he make like furniture out of like dead bodies that he murdered or whatever? American Horror Story Asylum kind of did that and Texas Chainsaw Massacre does that, but that's about it. The names, the people, the characters, nothing resembled it. The story didn't resemble anything, but The Town That Dreaded Sundown... It is a completely true story about a series of murders that happened in the 40s, I believe. And the killer was a masked killer. He wore like a white sack over his face. And he is a very scary looking killer. And I think the movie had a successfully creepy or scary sequence. Um, The rest of the movie is pretty boring. The reason I think it is so inappropriate is because it was... One, they made a slasher movie out of these real people's murders and, like, used them as characters. And two, some of these people were still alive at the time. And I, I think the, the town that it happened in, in Arkansas, was it Arkansas? Jesus Christ. Arkansas? Fucking moron. Um, Texarkana. They, like, do a screening of the movie I don't know that is just so gross to me but to each their own there was a woman who survived she was one of the three survivors from the killings and she was shot in the face twice and she was still alive when the movie was released and she lived quite a long time she lived to be like 84 or something and they they recreated that scene although less bloody less gory um than you would imagine because the source the true source material is quite graphic Um, but they recreated her watching her husband get murdered and get shot in the face twice and escaping and it's a crazy story and I just kind of want to mention it because it was a slasher at the time it doesn't really follow the same formula as the others but I just wanted to mention it especially because I watched it and it was kind of shit but Back to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Black Christmas, and Halloween. Five out of five star movies, in my opinion. I love them. I try to watch Black Christmas every Christmas Eve. It's kind of hard because my family, nobody wants to watch it. Um, It's so great. These movies are a little bit of a slow burn. They got that grittiness feeling. I kind of mentioned it earlier. And it's just an era that I really, really like. They have like that um, realism from kind of the splatter subgenre, and really all through 70s. And there was very little gore in them, actually, which um, people who aren't really into horror, I think, just think Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a super gory movie. There's, like, little to no gore in that. There's, like, a little bit that I can think of. But, yeah, those are great. I don't really have that much to say about these films other than thank you for making them, or thank you for existing so that we have the multitude of slasher movies. I owe my entire horror-loving career to Toby Hooper, Bob Clark, and John Carpenter. And special shout out to Wes Craven, which I'll talk about later, because that is my number one man. But moving on from the birth of the modern slasher, we got into the golden age of slashers, which I think are like from 1980 to maybe 1985, but I Um, Wikipedia said in 1984 and I think I'm gonna go with that and at this time it was um, there was the election of Ronald Reagan which um, brought in a new form of conservatism in America and that included a fear of violence in film which would continue especially after like, um, like it's still that conversation is still happening but It was big at this time, but also, um, post Columbine. It was a big, big thing. And, um, it's something that the MPAA would go out of their way to try to cut out any horror within the horror films, including like gore or whatever. Um, particularly with the Friday the 13th series. Now, Friday the 13th came out in 1980 and that was directed by Sean S. Cunningham. And he basically ripped off Halloween, um, just as everyone was trying to do at the time. Because Halloween was extremely successful and had such a low budget and made so much money and um, much of, everyone wanted to recapture that, but much of the aesthetic and look of the first Friday the 13th basically owes everything to Halloween. Um, I, I really don't like Friday the 13th the first one um I don't know if that's controversial it is like a very iconic series and I do like some of the entries but um yeah the first one it is just such a ripoff of Halloween down to the POV shots which is also kind of just also ties into Giallo Giallo films have a lot of um POV shots um, from the killer's perspective, but oof, the first one is rough. Uh, spoiler alert, not my fault. Uh, Michael, or not Michael Myers. Uh, Jason Voorhees is not in the first Halloween or, oh my God, I am just screwing this up. If I was in a Scream movie, I would get gutted. Anyway, Jason is not in the original friday the 13th movie despite probably what a lot of people would believe and the hockey mask doesn't even come in until the third one and like halfway through so i'm not a big fan of it i think they get a little better and like the more actual friday the 13th in the cultural sense that we know it don't come till later but anyway many films in this era begin to like delve into like the campier tone especially after um friday 13th although i think betsy palmer's performance in friday 13th is pretty campy yeah i a lot of the 80s i'd say actually all of the 80s had that campier tone of slasher films i don't know i haven't seen them all but there's got to be there's got to be some that i don't know maybe there was a gritty one let me know but everyone wanted that hit like Halloween, like I said, and there was the home video revolution at the time, which fueled by popularity of the VHS, and that provided a new outlet for low-budget filmmaking, and without major studio backing for theatrical releases, slasher films became second only to pornography in the home video market, which I don't, that's got to be huge. This is what, 19, the 1980s? There was no porn hub no X videos. So that market had to be huge. And for slashers to be right behind it, they were, they were making money and they were making it for doing real cheap movies. So that's kind of what you'll expect. That's kind of the quality of movies that you get. There are some really good ones in there. I'll name some. I'm also going to name some bad ones and some that I've never seen, but especially in the next, the next sort of chunk of horror or slasher horror they get even cheaper and just crazier and made to make money which is kind of every film really it's very rare that I think a film is made for the art form but yeah um movies in this era I put in my notes just from each year just to name a couple that are big or some I just think have interesting names that I have not seen yet but 1980 had Friday the 13th, Prom Night, Terror Train, New Year's Evil, and Maniac. 1981 had My Bloody Valentine, The Burning, The Prowler, Eyes of a Stranger, Night School, Final Exam, Bloody Birthday, Hell Night, Friday the 13th, Part 2, and Halloween, Part 2. 1982 had Madman, Butcher Baker, Nightmare Maker, Alone in the Dark, Slumber Party Massacre, Friday Night, I almost said Friday Night Lights. Friday the 13th Part 3, 1983 had House on Sorority Row, Psycho 2, Sleepaway Camp, and 1984 had Friday the 13th, the final chapter, which would not be the final chapter. I go into the numbers later on. Silent Night, Deadly Night, and the big one, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Now I, I really like Nightmare on Elm Street. It was written and directed by Wes Craven, my number one man, like I said before. But it definitely has the feeling of this campier, low-budget, cheesier, campier horror style, especially as the series goes on, like what we're about to discuss. But I, I really enjoy Friday the 13th. I am like twisting my tongue or something. I am a really, I'm a fan of Nightmare on Elm Street. I like it better than a Friday the 13th, even though they're kind of like, Sister series, or whatever. The first one is pretty great. I think Friday the 13th, the final chapter is peak Friday the 13th. It's where I think we see it at its truest form. It's Corey Feldman and Crispin Glover in it, so like, how can it not be great? It's weird. Jason has his mask. He's super violent. He does some fun kills. I mean, I don't want to say super violent because the MPAA cut a ton of core from these movies and it was lost forever. Um, because film got destroyed over the years, they find it every so often. I think it was Halloween 5 just got released on a new Blu-ray edition, and it has some lost footage of gore that was cut because of the MPAA. And I think that's really cool because we have a lot of talented makeup effects artists like Tom Savini at the time that their work got cut out, and he has some really great work, Tom Savini. But because we had big hits with the VHS market and these movies, especially movies like Friday the thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street, Hollywood did what it always does and it starts <laughs> what's that Megan Trainer quote? And then I saw how it affected everyone and was like, oh the world needs this? Oh let's do eight of these. Like let's keep going. Yeah yeah. 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 They they really pushed these movies out. So throughout this time, the sequel fatigue and decline, which I would say are 1985 to 1996, it's a pretty significant chunk. Um, A Nightmare on Elm Street would make six more sequels at this time, uh, with two more post-1996, with a total of nine films all together. It also had a TV series. Uh, Friday the 13th would go on to make five more sequels with three more post 1996 with a total of 12 entries and also had a television series I think in the 80s or 90s I don't know I haven't seen it um Halloween would make three more movies at this time and would make a total of 12 and we're going on to 13 with Halloween ends hopefully next year maybe the year after Um, there were other series at the time, like Child's Play came out, Chucky, Um, Sleepaway Camp, Slumber Party Massacre, The Stepfather, Candyman. Those are just ones that I can think of at the top of my head. Um, And these kind of, again, the campier style just became more and more. If you think of like Slumber Party Massacre, I didn't mention in the last um section that I want I wanted to say, it, but Slumber Party Massacre is my all time favorite eighties slasher film. It is so funny. It was written and directed by women and I think all of all of them were or I think there's three of them. Um they were all written and directed by women and you can tell they have that they have a very specific feeling. They have something to say. They have an interesting killer. The killer kills with a drill in the first one, which I made my friend watch it recently and he thought it was like the dumbest thing ever that there was a drill and it was impractical. I'm sorry, it was amazing. And his drill stood for his penis, which if you actually, what's her name? Lois Clover. Oh my God, did I get that right? (laughs) Let me look her up. Lois Clover. Chainsaws. Um Carol J Clover, I think is her name, Carol Clover. Why did I think it was Lois? Okay, anyway. So there was a like this paper or article or journal or book or something where she talks about the idea of the final girl, which the final girl in horror films is the last survivor. She's usually the virgin that kills the killer at the end um and she talks about how like killer weapons are very phallic and they stand for power and stuff I think she's the one who wrote it I had to read it for um my horror class that I mentioned but Slumber Party Massacre just like they go that movie goes beyond implication it is like explicit in that movie that this drill is this man's penis and these women take the power back and it is, it's so funny, it's so clever, it looks great. I recommend Slumber Party Massacre. Um, I kind of jumped the shark before I wanted, or jumped the, jumped the shark, okay Fonzie. Anyway, I jumped into something before I finished what I was saying, but um, in the past era that I was talking about, the golden age, I would recommend uh, Friday the 13th, part four, final chapter, Nightmare on Elm Street and Slumber Party Massacre. But what I was saying about Slumber Party Massacre in the sequels and just how like sequels went kind of crazy and did crazy stuff like and I can't remember which one um, but one of the *Night on Elm Street movies a dog who was seemingly normal I think pissed fire onto Freddy Krueger's bones and brought him back to life. So that's kind of the tone of slasher movies we're getting. We're getting. We're getting that like line of Freddy Krueger saying, Welcome to Primetime, bitch, before he shoves this girl's head in a TV, killing her. But Slumber Party Massacre 2. So the first one had a drill. This one had a drill that was also a guitar. Yeah. So that's the tone. It's really fun. They're not very good movies in this era of sequels and they were very cheap, not very scary. But like I said, they were fun, but they were they followed the same formula because it was known to be effective but after a while it just became boring and been there done that and it, it died by the 90s nobody cared about slasher movies once we hit the 90s we had one that was big or I don't know if it's big I don't know if it was financially successful I didn't look but it kind of influenced what I'm going to talk about next And that is Wes Craven's New Nightmare, which is a Nightmare on Elm Street sequel where it takes place in the real world where the actors are being stalked and killed by the real world, Freddy Krueger. So Heather Langenkamp, who starred in the original, she is back playing herself and she's fighting off a different Freddy Krueger and it was meta and it sort of talked about horror movies. And that was in 1994, I believe. But horror doesn't make a comeback or slasher horror. But I don't really know. I'm not, I'm not that big on supernatural horror that much. Like I've seen a lot of it, but I don't know the trends. I don't know when what stuff was big and when stuff was not. I'm not that familiar with it, but slashers were dead at the time. And then Kevin Williamson wrote a script called Scary Movie that was later changed to Scream, which was later parodied by the movie Scary Movie. <laughs> but he wrote Scream and Wes Craven came on and directed it and it changed the game of horror brought it back to life when it was almost dead it was not respected whatsoever it was just a cash grab it was lame I don't want to say lame because there's a lot of huge fans of slasher movies I'm a huge fan of it but it like to the general public there wasn't people didn't find value in it they looked down on it but Scream did something completely different and it was very self-referential and new. the rules of a slasher movie that movies have been following to a tee ever since the 80s basically well really the 70s um because it was known to be effective those rules exist in Scream and they referenced them and they went against them and they made fun of them and that was never been done before it was new and exciting and also I think well I I owe a lot of um credit to Wes Craven and Drew Barrymore specifically because Drew Barrymore was heavily she was a big star at the time obviously and she was on all the promotional material for Scream and then um, people went into it probably thinking she's the main character she's the biggest star of the movie and again spoiler alert but it came out in 1996 so get over it she gets killed in the first like 10 minutes and now no one knew what to expect. The rules weren't what they have been. Everything is different. We don't know who's making it out of this movie. And it was funny. And it it had real actors. Um, I don't want to say real actors because the people who were in the other series beforehand, like the Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street, they're real actors. They just weren't good actors. <laughs> Like look at, there was countless, 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 countless movies and slasher movies out at that time. And name, (laughs) name a actor from there besides Jamie Lee Curtis um, and Johnny Depp and like Lawrence Fishburne and Patricia Arquette. Yeah, none of them made it big, but Scream chose actors like Nev Campbell, Ski Ulrich, Courtney Cox, Rose McGowan, Matthew Lillard, Jamie Kennedy, David Arquette, and like I said, my favorite girl, Drew Barrymore. And again, like something different about Wes Craven is he put a lot of love and soul and heart into these movies and into all of his movies, which a lot of these slasher movies at the time beforehand didn't have because again, they were kind of just being made to capitalize off of the, um, video rental era or whatever I don't know how to describe that um, video rentals and they were making a lot of money on that and It didn't matter if the movie was good or bad they just hired someone who was competent enough and who could point a camera whether they could point it well or not they could still point it and yeah Scream has always been super special to me actually Wes Craven will go on to make Scream 2 and 3 at this time but he would go on also to make Scream 4 which we'll talk about later but I like I said in the beginning I saw Scream in um theaters the other day it was my first time back in the theaters and it was just kind of an emotional moment for me because I just one I just loved seeing it on the big screen it, was, it, was, it looked beautiful he Wes Craven knew what he was doing and I, I was just so excited to see it. I was so excited to be back but I I dragged a friend to go see it and you know, I always knew Scream was special. special to me. It's very iconic. You can't, you can't have Halloween without seeing a ghost face mask, someone wearing a ghost face mask, trick-or-treating or whatever. And everyone knows the ghost face and it's iconic and whatever, but it's like so universally special, I guess is how I describe it. Um, because my friend who has never seen Scream had no idea what it was about. Didn't know that it, had comedy elements, didn't know that it was what it was. Um, seeing her reaction to the twists and turns, and she even cheered at this one point near the end regarding Gail Weathers, played by Courtney Cox. And I don't know, There, it was just, there was a quality of seeing that that made me realize that objectively, this is a really good fucking movie. And I have seen, I've seen Scream so many times. It is one of my favorites. That and Jennifer's Body are always going head to head on what is my favorite movie. And I don't know, I can't decide, but Scream is super, super special to me. And it really, it brought back the slasher genre. And just like Halloween, everyone wanted to copy that. And it kind of made its own style of slasher movie, which we would see through until about 2003. And I think it's still relevant it's still happening today but um uh, movies like I Know What You Did Last Summer 1 and 2 Urban Legends 1 and 2 and probably 3 I don't know Halloween H20 Bride of Chucky Cherry Falls Freddy vs. Jason all these slashers at this time had that high higher quality higher budget the um, better actors um Um, bigger actors like Sarah Michelle Gellar, um, Freddie Prinze Jr., Jennifer Love Hewitt, um, Tara Reid, Rebecca Gayhart, Jared Leto, all those like big names at the time were in these movies. And Halloween H20, it was uh, written by Kevin Williamson, I think as well. And it had that same scream tone to it. And it was also referencing movies. They were in the movie watching Scream 2 which is interesting because in Scream 1 in 1996 they are actually watching the first Halloween movie so yeah it was a new era and it is an era that I I love so much all those movies I listed I really enjoy I love Urban Legend I love Bride of Chucky Bride of Chucky's when Chucky went kind of crazy and him and the Chucky doll was having sex with the Tiffany doll, and she was pregnant, and the batshit craziness started from there. And yeah, it had big names. And I know what you did last, le- or I still know what you did last summer, which was the sequel had Brandy in it. Hello, I l- I love Brandy. <laughs> um But yeah, that is that era. I love it. I recommend every movie I just said. Um, but moving forward, like 2003, we move into the remake era, which I think lasted till about 2012. and that was very glossy, high budget, um, and gratuitous. I think the the 2000s movies were quite gratuitous. It's the best way I would describe them. and they they were um, they were getting away with things that we couldn't get away with before in the 80s because the MPAA, they probably were still assholes, they will always be assholes, but they weren't being as much of an asshole now. And I think like a trend in these were like the killer was always this big buff guy, like kind of Jason-Y, but like a wrestler. Like he it was like that type of murderer and he was just violent as hell. And movies like this would be the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, House of Wax remake, Black Christmas remake, Prom Night, When a Stranger Calls, Halloween 1 and 2, Mind Bloody Valentine, Friday the 13th, The Stepfather Swore Row, Bro, Nightmare Elm Street, and Silent Night. Now, these movies are fun. I think they're so over the top and kind of gross. Like, Black Christmas is such a nasty little movie. It ha- That one has, um, again, this remake era had, kind of bigger actors that one had like mary elizabeth winston michelle trackingberg katie cassidy um lacey sherbet who am i missing i feel like i'm missing a big one in that movie uh can't remember but that movie had like someone put like took the gingerbread shape cutter whatever those are called and like put it into someone's skin and then cooked them as if they were gingerbread men and then ate the crispy skin that was in the shape of a gingerbread man and it's gross and gooey and disgusting and that is just kind of that in a nutshell and like movies like um, House of Wax. I just watched that also um, in preparation and that had like Chad Michael Murray and Paris Hilton and Jared Padalecki and that one is so, that is a crazy, that is a craziest movie. The last like 10 minutes, that movie is insane. Highly recommend. I can't believe, I don't know what the budget for that movie was, but I know- um, that I'm pretty sure House of Wax was considered kind of a box office disappointment, but it made like $40 million in rentals alone. That's crazy. And that's The Power of Paris Hilton, baby. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. hot. Texas Chainsaw Massacre had the Jessica Biel in it, and that's a great one. Highly recommend that. I really recommend all these. I really like the remake era. It kind of reminds me of my childhood, even though I wasn't watching horror movies as a child. It just, the aesthetic of the 2000s feels very homey to me. The low-rise jeans, all that, all that jazz. I'm, I'm, that is my era that is my era that I will always go back to I love it and the horror movies don't disappoint and then Scream also came back in 2011 for um Scream 4 and that was essentially a remake and they were commenting on all this and I just have to make a point I know this is a little off topic but I think people are just so goddamn stupid or just don't use their critical thinking skills and Scream 4 is always um criticized for the look the lighting the filter whatever they used it looks I'll use the word glossy I used that before for the remakes um it almost looks like they put Vaseline on the lens but and it looks very digital not like the original trilogy at all and it's always talked about when I'm like looking on Reddit or Twitter or whatever Facebook and people that is the point the movie is commenting on remakes that were happening at the time ghostface was um, was like exclusively talking about remakes and the plot is basically a remake critical thinking skills wes craven is a genius and that was his last film and his death really affected me he was the first celebrity death to really affect me because i just i love that man with all my heart and I'm very excited for the new Scream coming out next year but I'm very hesitant also because Wes is not involved because he passed away um and I hope they do him justice he's such an iconic filmmaker he changed horror movies he he just seemed like such a cool a cool guy and now I'm sad thinking about him but Scream 4 user-critical thinking skills, it's doing it on purpose, it looks like that for a reason, get with the program, that is what screen movies are. But that brings us to the comeback of slashers, the reboots, and the nostalgia craze, which the nostalgia craze, that is all Stranger Things' fault. You heard it here first, Millie Bobby Brown, I am coming for you it is all your fault. They did the whole, ooh, it's the 80s, everyone. Nostalgia, nostalgia, nostalgia. And then everyone was like, oh my God, nostalgia. We love the 80s. We love the 80s. 80s is the best generation. We love it. We love that decade. It's amazing. And then they started making all these reboots, bringing things back. And then they started bringing things back that weren't even just from the 80s. It was like the 90s and the 2000s. We had to get Roseanne back. We had What's her name? I don't even remember her name. I wanted to say Jackie Brown. is not Jackie Brown. That is a Quentin Tarantino movie. It's a TV show. Murphy Brown. Was that Murphy Brown? I don't know. Who cares? Who cares? Um, We got all these reboots. Not just in Slasher. In everything. And maybe I'll retract my statement about Millie Bobby Brown. Because it did give us some good Slasher movies in return. But everything came back that's a raven came back like lizzie mcguire was about to come back but disney was like um lizzie mcguire does not have sex this is not going on disney plus you heathens and they pulled it cannot believe they pulled it Ugh, that pisses me off because we got a little bit of footage of hillary Duff dressed as lizzie mcguire my whole childhood and it was ripped away from our grasp but anyway This era has a lot of, like, continuation. It has, like, before the nostalgia craze happened, there was Texas Chainsaw Massacre, or Texas Chainsaw 3D, starring Alexandria Daddario, or I think that's how you say her name. It's a pretty shitty movie. Um, But it is a continuation that makes no sense because the continuity doesn't make sense. At the logic of the movie, Alexandria Daddario would be in her, like, 40s or 50s, and... There's no way. But that's fine. It's not a good movie. It doesn't matter. But um, after that, we sort of started getting a comeback. And I don't want to say Texas Chainsaw 3D is responsible for this comeback. It is certainly not. I don't care if Trey Songz or Jason Derulo, I can't remember which one. I get them mixed up. I want to say Trey Songz was in the movie. And now it's driving me crazy. I need to look. It was Trey Songz. Jason Derulo is on TikTok all the time. And every other day, there's that picture of someone who I don't even know if it is Jason Derulo. It fell down the steps of the Met Gala. I don't care. Um, anyway, Trey Songs is in it and it's not good, but we did get a kind of a, a small boom of slashers. We got the Scream Queen series starring, um, Jamie Lee Curtis and Emma Roberts and M- Abigail Breslin and Niecy Nash and Billy Lord, um, John Stamos. Like, that was too short-lived. It is the most funny, obnoxious show ever. I absolutely love it. Highly recommend. It has two seasons. Hopefully, it'll be brought back. It's a Ryan Murphy show. Um, Leah Michelle is so unhinged in that movie. She's unhinged in real life. Like, um, not to like go too off-topic, but like, I ju- can we? Me- I just need to mention. Like, can we talk about how Leah Michelle threatened to shit in somebody's wig on the set of Glee? That's <laughs> I don't want to get into it. I just have to mention that because it's, it's so Leah Michelle. Anyway, um, also, there's that rumor that Leah Michelle can't actually read. And I don't know. I kind of believe it. Like, I didn't believe that Avril Lavigne was not real or like was like dead and they like replaced her with a lookalike. I didn't, I don't believe that. I don't believe the Melissa conspiracy theory, but I kind of believe that Leah Michelle does not know how to read conspiracy theory. Um, but we did get a boom in slash movies or slasher media. TV included. We had the Scream TV series that was on MTV, so a reboot, um, which wasn't terrible. I I enjoyed the first two seasons. Season three, which was on um, VH1, not great, but I love you, Kiki Palmer. She was also in Scream Queens. Um, we had the Slasher TV series. We had an American Horror Story 1984, which was basically a love letter to slasher movies. And I feel like I'm missing something. I don't know. But then we also got um, movies. We got um, the Happy Death Day movies. We had Freaky. Um, And now we are getting the Nostalgia, the Nostalgia series. It's coming back to us like I said we just I just watched the Chucky TV series that just aired for the first time which is a continuation of um of the main series like it did have a remake the other year but it is a continuation of the original series and it's super gay so I don't know all the homos need to start flocking to Chucky the non-binaries flock to Chucky he is your guy um (laughs) but we also have the Candyman reboot the um Scream reboot next year and the big one Halloween which happened in 2018 now I want to mention these for a second because we have Scream, Halloween, and Candyman, all sequels to their original movie with the same title. That makes me want to blow my head off. I hate that so much. When Halloween 2018 was originally announced, I'm pretty sure it was announced as Halloween Returns. All right. So what happened to that? And I don't, I won't speak, I will speak nothing ill of my, my number one girl Scream because maybe she's commenting on the trend of naming them just what they were named originally, like Halloween and Candyman. Or maybe it's saying, hey, you don't need to watch the original to watch this one. Just know that they happened kind of thing. I don't know, I don't care. I hate it, name it Scream 5, thank you. Candyman, I cannot comment on. I have not seen it yet because I have not been back to theaters. It is something I really, really, really wanna watch. I'm very interested in Nia DaCosta's direction of it. I think the first one was, um, I don't know if I'd use the word problematic. I'm gonna use it anyway, it's problematic. It's still a great movie, or at least a good movie, but it it has a white savior complex to it. It was written and directed by a white man, and I think what he was saying was in the right place, but he didn't have the cultural knowledge of doing it correctly or how it should have been done. But I am interested in what Nia DaCosta has. I've heard very mixed reviews for Candyman but I'm into I'm interested I thought the previews looked really good I don't really know anything about it I stayed away from spoilers so I'll let you know I'm, I'm interested in that but this trend needs to end and I think it is a trend that is going to continue unfortunately I w- am willing to bet my life that New Line Cinema or whatever I can't even remember if it was New Line I think it was New Line Cinema who did um Nightmare on Elm Street they are going to call up Robert and Heather and be like hey girlies let's make Nightmare on Elm Street that is only a sequel to the first one and they're just gonna call it Nightmare on Elm Street and you know what am I gonna live for it yes I'm going to and do I want to see Robert again yes I do do I want to see Heather Langenkamp yes I do I think Heather Langenkamp is really cool um She's like a makeup effects artist right now or owns a studio or something. She did a lot of work with American Horror Story, which is my favorite show. She cameoed in Freak Show. Um I would love to see that. Love to see it. I would also love to see um I know what she did last summer, a proper third film with Jennifer Love Hewitt. Um but like I said, Amazon is coming out with that series this Friday. I don't think it's going to be successful, but maybe if it is, we will get that third movie. Maybe if it's not, they'll try something else and do that movie. I don't know. It is just something I would like to see. I think it would be a if a really fun movie to bring back Jennifer Love Hewitt and Freddie Prince Jr. I miss them. I miss seeing them on my screens. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the fate of I Know What You Did Last Summer. I think there's an opportunity here to ride on this nostalgia train and so we can get that movie because I need it and the tv show from the very little bit I saw looks like ass so I don't want to shit on their movie because I (laughs) I or their show I really don't like talking bad about a show or movie on this podcast I don't want to do that but It doesn't look great. I'm giving it a full chance. I'm excited to watch it, even though it looks like (laughs) straight up bukkake porn or whatever. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. I'm going to cut that out. (laughs) It just looks so weird. I don't know why they came up with the idea to have this dripping honey. And I don't know why they put it on their face. And I don't know why they didn't see it and go, huh. That looks a little suggestive. Maybe that was the point, but I don't know. I don't know. Um, (laughs) But also I forgot to mention, um, Netflix just had a huge little moment for um, teen slashers. We had the Fear Street trilogy, which was, I thought was fun. It kind of came and went. People like were into it, but I don't think they really cared that long but I also they also released I there's someone in your house I think is what it's called I watched it and I just said I don't want to talk bad about stuff but um I I don't recommend that at all it's terrible um I read the book I didn't care for the book um the book was not what I was expecting it was um very heavy on the teen romance and I just had a whole episode on how I think things geared toward teenage girls need to be validated or whatever which I agree the book wasn't a bad book it just wasn't what I read and um the movie did not follow the book whatsoever which wasn't a problem to me because I didn't care for the book but um the movie was somehow just so terrible it, they like took a weird turn where they're like it's about cancel culture because this is what the kids want to talk about no they don't old man you don't know what you're talking about and the movie sucked also i don't know why they called it there's someone in your house because in the movie there's barely anybody going into anybody's house it's so weird so weird the book had like a, the killer moving around furniture and like small things so that the people knew that they have been that someone's been in their house this one had nothing like that and it was like cancel culture is coming for you okay, grandpa, let's get you back to the retirement home. Like, we don't care. Um, But I forgot to mention that Texas Chainsaw Massacre is coming back for a new one. I don't know what it's called. It might just be called Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It probably will be. And they're bringing Sally back, unfortunately a different actress because I believe the original actress passed away don't quote me on that. If she is still alive, I am so sorry. <laughs> but I feel like she died. Um, but yeah, that's coming back, and it's con- a continuation that will probably only continue after the first one. So Halloween again is—it's influencing up, influencing the series or the genre again, and um. I'm really looking forward to Halloween Kills. I'm really looking forward to Scream. I'm really looking forward to, to Chex- Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm looking forward to the new Chucky series. Um, yeah, I think we're in like a, a little bit of a boom for slasher movies. You might be in like the Golden Age 2.0 coming up. I think that's where we're headed towards. Um, once the copyright or whatever lawsuits with Friday the 13th are over, I'm sure we'll get a few of those We'll probably get a sequel to the Corey Feldman one, watch him come back, which sure, I'm for. Or maybe they'll do a remake again. I don't know. I just see us getting a lot more. We're going to get a lot more slashers, and I am okay with that. Huh. Yeah, I think that's really all I had to say. I don't know if I really, uh, I didn't do that much research. I kind of just wanted to talk about the timeline and um, what I have been into recently. I hope, I really hope I get this up before Thursday night. If not, hopefully, hopefully I get it on Friday, which is like the actual day that Halloween comes out. Um, not that it really matters cause I didn't see it yet. So I'm not spoiling anything. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so intent on getting it out, but I am. And I, I I don't know what I want to do for the rest of the month. I don't know how much. um, I don't know how much how if I can get another episode out this month. I really hope I can. I have a test this weekend, so we'll see. But I really want to record an episode. Maybe I'll do one just on Halloween Kills and talk about it because I'm so excited for it. And it'll probably be so all over the place because I write down very detailed notes just to keep me on track because my brain is all over the place. I was a medicated, a medicated, I was a medicated 13 year old with ADHD. And I still feel like I have that brain, but I'm just unmedicated because I would rather not be. Um, so my brain is all over the place. I don't even know if I make sense half the time, but, um, I feel like this, this, um, this episode, this recording of this episode went a little smoother. I like, I, th- I liked it. Well, we'll see. I might listen to it and hate it. I don't know. But yeah, I feel like I'm starting to loosen up a little bit, especially right now. I feel very relaxed and maybe I might begin into the groove of doing this. I'm ready for this. Um, I have some fun things actually planned for this podcast. I, I don't really know the direction that I'm going to take this, but there's some... There's a few series I would like to do on here. I would like to go through every single um, best picture winner, um, like the Oscar, and watch every single one and like sporadically just watch one, review it, talk about it, talk about maybe how it was made. I don't know. Maybe there's not that much information on some of them. But um, see if I think it deserved to win the honor of being the best picture because I'm sure... There's a lot that I disagree with. Green Book. Um, but that is a series I would like to do. I don't know if I want to do them in order. I think for the first episode, I think I'm going to do this in November. I would like to do the very first one, first winner, which I think is the movie Wings. Um, know nothing about it. Could be absolutely terrible. But if it's terrible, I guess I'll, I'll shit on it. I Again, I said I didn't want to, but here I am. I just shit on there's someone in your house and I don't know. Um, (laughs) that is a series I want to do. I also want to do like a comparison of original and remake specifically, um, originals that did not originate in America. And then American Americans in Hollywood decided to remake it because people can't read subtitles. I'd like to do that. There's, um, I think it's called Infernal Affairs. I think it's a Hong Kong movie. Oh my God. If I got that wrong, then, You know who you are if you're listening to this. You are probably saying to your phone right now or whatever you're listening to this on um, that it is not from Hong Kong. I feel like it's from Hong Kong and I feel like it's called Internal Affairs. Internal Affairs. That's what I'm going with. I'm betting my life on it. But I want to watch that and compare it to The Departed, The Martin Scorsese. Now I feel unconfident that Martin Scorsese even directed that one. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I want to do that, that kind of. That kind of style of um, podcast episodes, maybe. I don't know. I have some. I have some ideas up my sleeve. Hopefully, this was this was fun. I had fun. Um, I kind of stress my out, stress myself out over these episodes sometimes. Um, this whole two weeks has been such a disaster, but recording this was it felt nice. I I enjoyed myself. I felt like I could just forget about everything else, and I. Liked doing it enough that I did it a second time and recorded this twice. Ugh, So annoying. But yeah, that's what I have to say about slasher movies. Um, I should probably give maybe some recommendations. Although I feel like all my recommendations either just said or are just the big ones. They're very generic. But I recommend Scream. I recommend Halloween, both versions, the 78 and 2018 version. I recommend Slumber Party Massacre. I recommend, um, I'm drawing a blank, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Did I say that? That and the remake, the Jessica Biel one, Black Christmas, both versions of it. Um, I don't know. It just kind of depends on what kind of movie you like. If you like the campier, kind of cheap ones that you can kind of laugh at, although I don't laugh at them if the effects are stupid. Um, I don't know. I think it adds to the charm. If you're into that, go for the more 80s ones. If you really like that over-the-top violence that has big-name actors or at least semi-big-name teen stars, go for the 2000s remakes. If you are feeling nostalgic and are on that kick like everyone else is, um... Check out 2018's Halloween and Candyman and the new Texas Chains of Mask whenever that comes out. I don't know when that's coming out. Next year, I think. Who knows when anything is coming out now. COVID ruined my life. Oh my god, that sounds like such a first world problem. I'm so sorry. So disrespectful of me. There's people who have passed away and I'm like, I haven't been able to watch a movie. Jesus. Um... <laughs> But yeah, I think I just went off track. I don't know if I finished what I was saying, but it just depends on what you like. Um, but those are the eras. Those are kind of the different sections. If you pick out a movie from one of the eras I said, I said it's basically going to be the same as every other movie that came out in that era. But I don't know. It's the charm of it. I don't know why I enjoy slash movies. I don't know why anybody enjoys them. I don't necessarily find them scary. Sometimes they can be. Um... I don't know what it is. Why do we root to watch a big, huge wrestler-looking man with a hockey mask kill a bunch of horny teenagers? Why is that exciting for us? Why do we root for that? Who knows? I probably have psychological damage. I don't know. It's fun, and you can never go wrong with a slasher movie in October. Never, ever, ever. So I highly recommend you get some slasher movies this October, and hopefully... You will hear from me very soon um, where I talk about Halloween Kills because I'm I'm so excited for that movie. So if I love it, I'm sure I'll have a lot to say. If I don't love it, I'm sure I'll have a lot to say. I'm pretty sure I'm going to love it. I'm very excited for Kyle Richards to come back. I don't even know if I mentioned her before because I definitely mentioned her in my first recording, um, but she's Real Housewife, Beverly Hills. She's on there. I'm really rooting for her. And if you're not watching Real Housewives right now, watch the season is so good. Side note, Erica Jane, you are going to jail. And that's all I have to say about that topic. But I'm rooting for Kyle Richards and I'm rooting for Jamie Lee Curtis and Judy Greer. I'm I'm so excited. So I'll hear from or hopefully you guys will hear from me with Halloween as soon as possible. And I hope you enjoy your October and I hope you guys watch a lot of horror movies, especially slashers. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you guys next time.